Good morning and welcome to Vertical Church Online. I'm so glad you're here. Come inside with us as we learn today about the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. What a beautiful name it is. Amen. Amen. That is the name we have come to worship and adore today. What a, what a privilege we have as parents to name our children. You ever thought about what a privilege that is? The power to set the destiny of someone in part by the name that they are given. It's funny how names change over the years and decades. Like, I was looking at uh, most popular names this year, 2019, popular names to name children. So in the girls category, names like Sophia, Olivia, Emma, Ava, Ariel, Isabella, those are popular names. Guys' names are Liam, Jackson, Noah, Aiden, Grayson, Caden. When I look back over my own family tree, I can realize... People name people different today than they did before. Like I had in my family like Marguerite and Gladine and Evelyn and Lois and Alfred and Heather, she's from Tennessee. So she has a whole different group of names out there. I mean, she, had, she has names up in her like great aunts and uncles and stuff. Names like uh, Yudi, yep. Molly, Ken Sadie. That's Tennessee for you, though. That's, that's Tennessee talk. But, man, it's, it's different. Every generation, every locale within the United States. And I was looking up some of the most unique names that have been given by parents to their children at this current time. So I want to show you some of those because some people get, they get real creative and real bold with their naming. For example, let me show you this first one here. How would you like to name your son King Messiah? Wow. I mean, that takes some guts right there. I don't know. I mean, just a lot to live up to all of a sudden right there in that name. Uh, another name that I'm just, I don't know if I want to name my girl this or not. Makes me a little nervous. Pinches. I'm not sure that's really good for her or anybody else that's around her. Uh, another name uh, for a guy that you're just setting yourself up. If you name your son this, I'm just telling you ahead of time. Here it is. I mean... You're, you're just asking for it, literally. If you're, if you're calling him, you're asking for it. Hey, danger, come here. I mean, you're just asking for it, literally, for danger to show him, see what I'm saying? And then I, I'm telling you, they all set a destiny. How would you like to name your daughter this? I mean, there's times you probably think, well, that'd be a good thing, but there's others. I mean, she has to carry that her whole life. Just remember that. She's going to bear this her whole life. And then one, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone in, in the church has named their child this. Maybe they're online. Maybe you've named your, your child this. I'm not sure I'd recommend this. If you came and asked me, should I name my child this? Here's the next one. Any. I, I mean, maybe if you had multiples. I mean, if Heather and I had named, you know, the third one. Any tread away. Any tread away. Just come on in here. You know, and they'd all come running. It just, it just creates some problems, you know. And then, then people get real creative with spelling, you know. They, they want to set their child apart. They want to name it something creative. I get it. But you're just, you're just setting your child up for a situation. I'm just not sure you really want to put yourself into Check out this next name. A, B, C, D, E. A, B, C, D, E. Come on in, A, B, C, D, E. I mean, that'd be easy when you're in, you know, you're in school and you're learning how to spell your name. Maybe that would be easy, but I don't know. I, I don't know what her middle name was. I have an idea, though. So 
Let me just show you one more that you may have seen this before and you may know right away. If you do, don't say it out loud. Don't spoil it for everybody else. Let me say it, all right? So here we go. Check out this next name. So you might be thinking, okay, La-ah? La-ah? No. You might be thinking, Le-ah? Le-ah. Ah, I get it. Print, you know, Star Wars. No, that's not it either. This one is more creative than all of that. Because this one is actually pronounced La-dash-ah. <laughs> See it? La-dash-ah. There you go. It's creative. You got to give it to him for that. People get creative with naming their kids. And the name you give them is very important because that name will determine their destiny. The name is powerful. Today I want us to think in our Christmas present series about the power of a name in a message we're calling today, never underestimate the power of a name. Mm. Names are important. We're going to see today through the Christmas story how important a name is. We know that, um, that Joseph named the baby Jesus. We know that the angel appeared to Mary first. We know from the story that Joseph did what he was told. But what we may not realize is how much faith it took for Joseph to name the baby Jesus. The difference of time and circumstances between the moment Mary tells him she's going to have a baby and when he actually says, you shall be called Jesus. That space right there is longer than we realize and perhaps more challenging than we realize. I want us to look at the story today from Matthew chapter one. Turn in your Bibles, follow me in your Bible app, whatever you've got. Matthew chapter one, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That is a, a word for engagement, a little bit different than what we might think of. I'll explain in just a moment. Betrothed to Joseph before they had came, before they came together. In other words, before they were physically intimate. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph had their lives planned out. Mary and Joseph had dreams. Mary and Joseph had talked to family. Mary and Joseph knew the community was involved in this situation, and they were engaged. Betrothed is the word used here. A little different than our concept of engagement because betrothal was an official agreement. It was a decree in a sense. The only way betrothal could be undone was by a certificate of divorce. They were committed to one another in this time, yet they had not physically consummated their union together. This is how God designed marriage. Their families came together, they came together, they committed, they were sealed, they were decreed, they were together, and they had their lives in front of them. And at that moment, God steps in. God steps in and sends an angel to Mary and tells her that he's going to use her in a mighty way. That she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It would be a miraculous moment. God 
would cause his seed to be planted in her and she would become pregnant not by any man but by God himself's work in her. And she went to tell Joseph this news. Can you imagine Joseph in this moment? Because Joseph has not yet heard from an angel. Joseph has not yet heard from God. As far as Joseph knows, they are betrothed. They are set. The future is in front of them. And he all of a sudden gets news that she's pregnant. And Joseph now has to process this information. To top it off, she says, but I wasn't with another man. It was by God himself. And Joseph has to process and digest this. That something that has never happened before has all of a sudden now occurred. Something that is extreme and miraculous has now occurred, and it's occurred to Mary. And it has now changed his destiny. His future is changed. He is now trying to process through what it will be like when he tells his family. Uh, uh, Mary is uh, pregnant. What'd you say? Uh, Mary's pregnant. Mary's pregnant. What? And Joseph has to process this. What will his family say? What will the community say? What is he supposed to do now that she is pregnant with someone else's son? How is he to process this? How is he to look at his future? What will he do? And he is left to wonder now about his own life. And we know from the way the story unfolds that Joseph is not so optimistic when he hears the news. Joseph doesn't say, praise God, he has done great things. Joseph doesn't say, may it be to me according to your word, Lord, as Mary did. Joseph all of a sudden has his life interrupted and he has to process and he's not coming to a good place. The scripture says this next in verse 19. It says, then Joseph, her husband. You see how it uses the term husband, even though they are not finally married yet. They were betrothed, but it counted as a married status. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, wanting to do things right, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph isn't processing the news so well. Joseph has some options in front of him, finding out she's pregnant. According to the law, he could have chosen in this moment to have her publicly exposed and then stoned. That was an option for Joseph because she had been unfaithful. She had broken their marriage betrothal, period. He could have had her stoned in this moment. He could choose to go ahead and marry her or he could do what he chose to do to quietly divorce her. An action that was allowable under the law before they were married when there had been the case of infidelity. 
and he chose this option. And in this moment, I try to imagine what Joseph is thinking, what's going on in his emotions and his heart. I try to imagine how he's seeing this news, seeing her and his future all of a sudden changed and what it must feel like as a man to hear this news. I would imagine he's going through some feelings of rejection, some feelings of disappointment, some feelings of maybe his own guilt. How did I miss this? How did this happen? What do I do? Rejection, guilt, embarrassment. What will the people in the town say? How do I ever look at her again in the same way? And on top of all that, there's a baby as well. And this baby would stand as the picture of all that happened. It would be forever a memory of the fact that this is the product of someone else. This, this hurts. And I would imagine in this moment, Joseph might have had a lot of names in his head for this moment. Have you ever put a name on a moment? Have you ever put a name on a situation? Have you ever looked back over your life and there's a little period of time that happened where you were hurt deeply, where you experienced some disappointment, you experienced some pain, some rejection, and you had a name for that moment? Maybe you never officially called it that, but in your mind and your emotions and your thoughts, every time you thought about it, there was kind of this name that just clouded the whole situation, a name of pain, a name of rejection, a name of sadness. It just put a, a cloud over the moment because in that moment, it hurt. And here is Joseph facing that moment. And he has a name in his mind, in his heart. The Bible continues in verse 20. <clears throat> and it says that while he thought about these things, in other words, he took the step of wanting to quietly put her away, but he still kept thinking about it. Have you ever taken a step before and then second guess yourself? Have you ever taken a step before and then you just kept replaying the moment? Have you ever kept replaying it in your head, the, what the person said, what the emotions was, were like, what the situation was like, and you just kept replaying it and it was as though every time you replayed it, the pain was as great as the first time it happened. Do you know what I'm talking about? where you kept replaying the tape and it hurt every time you watched it, every time you heard it. And while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Aren't you so glad that in the moment of your greatest pain that God is still gracious to you to show up? in the moment where you're, you're trying to figure out life, in the moment where you can't make sense of it all, in the moment where there's so much pain, where there's so much heartache, and why did this happen, and why did this have to happen, and why did they do that, and why did they say that, how come all this happened, that in the midst of that, in the midst of replaying the tape over and over in your head and in your heart, God shows up in the moment. Amen? Mm. Angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, in his thoughts, 
in the place of his greatest heartache and loss and pain, the angel of God shows up and speaks to him and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. Joseph, don't be afraid of what's ahead, which means Joseph had a lot of fear in his head because the angel knew to tell him, don't be afraid. And Joseph was. I'm afraid of what the future is. I'm afraid of what people are going to say. I'm afraid of my, my way I'm going to view her. I'm afraid of the way this baby is going to change everything. I'm afraid of this baby itself and the way I feel toward this baby. I'm afraid of this whole situation. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And the angel says this, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This changes the moment. I want to remind us all, this is not fairy tale we are reading. This is truth we are reading. This is miraculous truth. This does not happen every day. It's only happened once, and it's right here. And the fact that it only happened once does not make it any less real. Amen? God says, Joseph, I want you to do this. I want you to marry her because that which is in her is from me, God says. Joseph, this moment is bigger than your logic. You're not going to figure this one out, Joseph. This moment is bigger than your ability to emotionally take it all in. You're not going to be able to, Joseph. This moment is bigger than you realize this moment is powerful. Do not despise this moment. Don't think less of this moment because here in this moment, God is giving you some good news. Verse 21, the angel continues and says, and she will bring forth a son. It's going to happen, Joseph. God will complete what he started. She will bring forth a son and Joseph, know this, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mm. Joseph, I have a name for you that I want you to call this baby. I'm going to give you the name, Joseph. I know normally you get to choose a name. I don't want you to choose A, B, C, D, E, Joseph. This is not Ladasha. This is not danger. This is not any of those. The name I want you to give this baby is Jesus. Now, the name Jesus in this time was a known name. Among the Jewish culture, they would have known it as the name Joshua, the name that means God saves they would have recognized the name from their own heritage, the man Joshua, who led them into the promised land. It was not an unusual name. It was not an unusual spelling. It was the name that they knew. But there's something different this time about this, this one who saves, this one who delivers. He hasn't come to be 
the financial deliverer. He hasn't come to be the political deliverer. He hasn't come to be the social deliverer. The Bible is very clear about what he had come to deliver them from, what he had come to save them from. He will save his people from their sins. Oh, now this set him apart from all other savers, saviors, deliverers. He is going to have the very unique role of delivering his people from their guilt, from the weight of their past, from their shame, from carrying records and tapes and replays of their past failures. He's come to set them free from rejection and depression and from fear and from anxiety. He's come to set them free from panic over their past, from angst over their future, from wondering about their own life, the distance between them and God, what they must do to make it up themselves. He's come to set them free from all of that. He's come to set them free from empty religion. He's come to set them free from their desperation. He's come to do something that no one else could do. He is coming and he will be the Lamb of God. The one who is the fulfillment of every other lamb that was ever sacrificed, he will come and be the once and for all final sacrifice for the sins of man. He will come to set his people free. He will shed his blood as payment. There had been many other animals that had been given in sacrifice. None of them None of them could deliver the people from their sins. They were only pictures of the one who would come, and now this would be him, the one who would go to the cross, offer himself, though he had done no wrong, he would take our place and there give his life as payment for all we had done wrong. He would take the place of all we had so that we could take the place of all he had. Oh, let me just say that one more time. He would come to take the place of all we had done and deserved. Condemnation, death, rejection. He would come and take all of it, all of humanity's sin, put on him on the cross. He would bear all of it, all that we deserved. And watch this. So that those who believe by faith could receive all that he deserved. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, that changes things. You see, he deserved inheritance. He deserved a right standing. He deserved to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He deserved full honor. He deserved full blessing. And he steps in our place, taking all we deserve so that we could receive all he deserves. And he says, all those who come to me now, you are seated at the right hand of the Father in him. Yeah. Woo. It changes things. This, Joseph, this is the baby who is now in Mary. So Joseph, 
I want you to name him Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. And Joseph, this moment's bigger than you realize. This moment here is powerful. This, this baby is more than you realize, Joseph. Hand of God is at work. And I know you have a name in your heart and mind, Joseph, for him. I know you have a, you have a name for this whole situation, but Joseph... I don't want you to give that baby your name that you have in your head. I want you to give this baby the name I say. Do you see now why Joseph would have to name this baby in faith? Because this had not all come to be yet. Joseph would have to name this baby Jesus just because the angel told him to even though at the time it just didn't seem logical. It just didn't. Joseph would have to do this completely by faith. Joseph named this baby Jesus while it is still yet to be all that it will be, that he will be. Mm. And I just imagine the months rolling by, Joseph replaying that conversation. Joseph interacting with Mary. The people in the town not understanding the story. The people smirking when they saw him. Some laughing, some rejecting. And Joseph coming to that moment when the baby is born and Joseph taking the baby in his arms just imagine him saying with great faith you shall be called Jesus he would make that statement completely by faith because God told him to but this is what faith does faith names a moment what God says to name it, not what we want to name it. Because what you name something is what it will become. It's true. What you name your job is what it will become. If you're driving into work every day and you're saying, oh, I hate my job. Man, I can't wait to get this job stinks, man. This is terrible. I, if you just if that's what you do, I can promise you what's gonna happen when you open the door and walk into work. It's gonna be stinky. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna despise it. Because what you name it is what it will become. If you have named your marriage something Negative, you don't have to tell me what your marriage is today. I already know. It is what you have named it. Because what you name something is what it will become. If you have a name for yourself that you call yourself each day, especially after you mess up on something, If you have a name that you call yourself in that moment, 
I don't have to ask you how you're doing right now. I already know. Because you will become what you name yourself. It's what happens. What you name something is what it will become. Faith says, I'm going to name my situation and my circumstances what God says they are, not what I say they are. So in the book of James, when it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, it's saying when you come upon a situation that is burdensome, a struggle, a weight, difficult, call it joy because it will become what you name it. If you want to see God work in it, then you better call it what he says, call it. Not what you want to call it. Not what your emotions feel in the moment. Not what you can see in the moment. Joseph could have named that baby something else, but he named it what God told him to call it. Amen? Amen. You have a name for your future as well. You look beyond today. You look into next year and three and five. You all have a name. We all have a name for that, whatever that is out there. We have some things we say about it. And I don't have to ask you what that's going to be like because I can already tell you that whatever you've named it is what it will become. We all have names for our spouse. You may not call them out loud that name. I hope you don't. Unless it's a good name. You know, like sweetie, babe, you know, love, whatever it is. But if you've got one of those other names, if you've got one of those you know, painful names, and you've spoken it out loud, mm -mm, you already know that was a bad idea. (laughs) But if you're thinking that even in your head, if the moment your spouse's name, the moment a, a, a picture shows up, a thought occurs, if you've got some negative name applied to them in that moment, I can already tell you what your marriage is like. Because They will become what you name them. That's true for kids, too. I don't know how you become an A, B, C, D, E, but you do. Whatever you name your child is what they become. And I'm really not talking so much about the given name at this moment as much as I am that name that comes across in your attitude when you call them. That name that shows up in your heart when you talk with them. That name that shows up in the way you communicate to them. If that name that they hear is trouble, burden, bother, get away from me, I can already tell you what they're going to do when they're 12, 13, 14, 15. They are going to get away from you because they will become what you name them. It's funny how that works. And you might say, well, I don't really have a name for my marriage. I don't have a name for my spouse. I don't have a name for my job. Well, you have a name by the attitude that you have toward it. You have a name by how you think about it. You have a name by how you talk about it. You have a name by how you feel about it. And that's why the angel showed up to Joseph in his pain, in his confusion in his uncertainty and said, Joseph, 
I have a name. And I want you to give this baby this name. His name is Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. Now, living on this side of the birth and the cross and the resurrection, we know that what Jesus was named, he became. He did. He really did become all that he was named. And I'm grateful. Amen? Amen. It says to me, never underestimate the power of a name. Don't take it lightly. Don't pass it off. Don't neglect the moment. Because Jesus did become the Savior Jesus did become the deliverer. Jesus did become what Joseph named him. The name was important. The name is what he heard. The name is what he grew into. The name is who he identified with. The name is what he heard his father in heaven call him, and he became the name. And there's power in that name today. When you are racked with guilt, over your sin, for whether it be 20 years ago, five years ago, or just this morning, all you have to do is speak the name of Jesus and that guilt and sin washes away. Amen? Amen. Amen. When you are caught in the depths of despair and depression and life is dark and you can't see beyond the moment and it all seems foggy and it all seems desperate and you don't know what to do and every thought is negative, in that moment you speak the name of Jesus and believe and he delivers you from all of that. Amen? It's the very name that we teach our children to whisper in prayer when they're young, when they don't even know yet what all this name means, we teach them this name. And it's beautiful to hear a child speaking the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus that has the power to chase away evil. When you feel the oppressiveness of evil around you, when you feel the weight of temptation surrounding you, when you feel oppression gathering around you, there is power in speaking that name because when that name is spoken, every demon has to flee. No one has any authority over him. He has all authority and power. That name is powerful, amen? Amen. That name means demons have to flee. That name calms the storm. That name settles the restless heart. That name has the power to restore a broken marriage. That name has the power to heal broken relationships. That name has preeminence over all things. There is no name greater than that name. That name is the one that causes us in worship to erupt in praise. That's the name that we lift up because it's the name above all names. That's the name that we proclaim as the church. That's the name under which there's salvation. That's the name that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that this name, he is Lord. Amen? Amen. Never underestimate the power of a name. 
Joseph had no way of knowing in the moment when he said, you shall be called Jesus. He had no way of knowing what this would mean. You may not know all that's ahead in your life. You will not know all that is facing you in the days to come. You cannot sort out all the challenges and difficulties, but what you can do is name them all what God says to name them. And you can call yourself by the name that God calls you. I realize there's a place for uh, you know self-deprecation and you know saying, oh no, I'm really not all that good at that. And, no, I'm not really you know. I'm just I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sinner like you. I realize there's a place for some of that, but if that's all you ever say to yourself, you will never get beyond that until you start bearing the name to which you have been called by God. Now that you have believed, you won't raise to the level of that name. When you start believing that you truly have been called a child of God, then you'll start walking as a child of God. When you start believing that you have been called righteous by him, not by you, but by the blood of Jesus, only then will you start walking righteous. When you start recognizing that he has called you holy, hey, Now, I get it. The last thing I feel every day is holy. I don't walk in how I feel. I don't walk in what I think. I walk in what God says to name a situation and what he's named me. And so when he says, I have been made holy and blameless, ooh, that's not by me. That's by him. Amen? And that doesn't mean I don't mess up. And I don't sin. But it means that when I do, I quickly go back to the place where I get redemption and forgiveness. And I wash in it again and say, I'm righteous. I'm holy. And I'm grateful. Amen. This is what we do. This is how we live. Never underestimate the power of a name. Hey, just honest for me, when I'm going through my week. Everybody has those high, high moments and low moments, right? When I feel those low moments coming on and I start listening to that voice of the enemy, which is really what it is, or my old voice, yeah. I feel literally, I can tell my strength, motivation, creativity, desire, insight, all just tanking. I just like, I just feel like caught up in a corner somewhere, you know, and just, <laughs> and it's, it's a scary place. Yeah. Yeah. And until I realized I was getting there because of the names, I would stay stuck there. Sometimes days, weeks, months, and it used to be years. But now, I go back to the name to which I have been called. I go back to the name of the one who saved me. And when I start speaking those names, I instantly start feeling my desire, 
my creativity, my motivation, my insight, my closeness. I start feeling it on the rise until I say, this is where I want to live. I want to be careful about the names I give my situation, I give myself, and what I call God. Because what you name it is what it will become. Amen? My guess is, if you're like me, this has been maybe all too real for you. I hope so. We experience that a lot here at Vertical because the Holy Spirit's in this place. And he's speaking not just in me, but in you. And he knows you very, very well. And he comes to you in the midst of your thoughts, just like he did to Joseph, and he shows you something new. Today, he's showing us the power of a name and the power of what we call it. So I'd ask you today, what is it that God is calling you to name what he says it is? Whatever it is, would you be able to do like Joseph and say, I'll do that. I will hold in my arms my situation, my marriage, my spouse, my children, my job, and I'll call them what you call them, Lord. And I'll be grateful. And I'll call myself by the name that you call me, loved. And I'll call you by the name that is above every name. Because you have delivered me, Jesus. Amen. 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 Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for grace and mercy that meets us in our dark thoughts, in our despair, in our pain. And you interrupt the names we use. You interrupt where we have believed pain and despair, panic, darkness, and bitterness. And you speak hope. You speak life. I thank you that you sent a baby to become the Savior, to rescue us from every dark thought, to free us from our sin, to free us from our guilt, and to stand in great joy and peace before you. So today we are grateful for the name above all names. And we choose from this point forward to only use the names that you give. Only use the titles that you give. Because what we name them, they will become. Father, I thank you for today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
I'm going to ask our ushers to come this morning as we give our offering. As we finish the offering and our announcements, we're going to take part in something very special this morning. This is our Sunday for parent-child dedication. And I'll explain all that in just a moment, what that means, what that looks like. But I am excited because in just a moment, you're going to see this whole front area lined with moms and dads and children who are making a declaration, a choice to raise up their children in the name of Jesus. Amen? Pray for us this morning. Yeah. Amen. Scream on. It's okay. I got to give you a 30-second story. When I was about 16 years old, which is a long time ago now, I learned a song, and I, I wish I could sing it. I can't. But there's the, the first two or three lines were Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. If you get a chance, go home and Google that. And if you can get through it without crying, that's okay. But it'll give you, there is something special about that name. Father, we thank you for your name. We thank you for your son. Father, we pray that today you would, uh, we thank you first you're here. We thank you we have so many visitors, so many guests. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them in a special way. Father, the gifts that are given We pray in Jesus' name that they be used for your glory to raise you up in others. And remember, there is something special about that name. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so grateful that you have chosen um, to worship with us here this morning. If you are a guest and we have not yet put a gift into your hands, please meet us over at the Welcome Center. We would love to be able to connect with you um, and give you that gift. My name is Melissa. This is Jamie. And here's your vertical announcement. So Christmas is upon us, and it is a time of of traditions, of family time. Our calendar is full the month of December constantly. I think it was full in October. We already had everything booked. But one of my favorite um, Christmas Eve traditions that I love is that we eat tamale and eggs on Christmas Eve dinner before we go to bed. That's a thing, tamale and eggs? It is for us. (laughs) Is that a thing? I don't know. Do you like tamale and eggs? Wow, okay. Yeah, that's not a thing. We put them in tortillas, too. Oh, my gosh. Super healthy. Okay, on a more more normal tradition, my favorite tradition, with eggs? Oh, my goodness. My favorite tradition is that we all dress up in matching pajamas. We go over to my in-laws. We have a big slumber party on Christmas Eve. And then, yes, onesies with the zipper and the hood this year. A little... It's going to be awesome. But our favorite tradition here at Vertical is our candlelit Christmas Eve service. Yeah, and this year we're going to be having two just intimate worship services. The first is at 4 and the second is at 5.30 p.m. And normally we pass out yard signs at Vertical to help spread the word about our Christmas Eve services. But this year we've created a promo video that's already on Facebook right now. So check out this video. instant in time when what is most important comes clearly into focus and all other things fade away. In a moment, a memory is made. Forgiveness melts away the distance. 
fear dissolves, love returns, and wonder fills a heart. Christmas is about a moment, a moment of wonder, a moment of surprise, and a moment of worship. We invite you to join us this Christmas Eve at Vertical Church as we stop, quiet our hearts, gather for worship, and take in the moment hope was born. Join us at one of our two services at 4 and 5.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve, because you never know what could happen. All right, so I want you guys to take a quick second and take out your cell phones. I know right we're now, in church, take but take right it now. out. We want you to go to the Facebook page, Vertical's Facebook page. We want you to like this video, and we want you to share it onto your wall so that your friends and family know um, that they are welcome to join us here at Vertical. Yeah, and that's your Vertical announcement. All right, amen. All right, now for the moment we've all been waiting for. God has blessed Vertical in a lot of ways, but one of the ways that we are seeing his blessing is in the number of families and the number of children that are here. And the number who would say, we want to bring up our children in the name of the Lord. Amen? So here's what I'd like to do. Um, we've talked to some families already who say we want to participate in this day. If you're one of those families, I'd like you to come stand all across the front up here with your baby or babies. Let's do this. Y'all come on up. Yeah, y'all come on. What do you think, church? Isn't this awesome? Ooh. All these families who are making a visible stand today before us to say, we want to bring our children up to know the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to start on the end over here and ask each family to tell some names because names are important. Who wants to you do that? All right, go ahead. I'm Casey Tucker, and this is my husband, Zach Tucker, and this is Cheyenne, who we call her Shay, and then Maxwell, who we call Max. All right, very good. We're grateful you all are here today. Now, Micah is here today, our children's ministry director, and she has a book that's a gift for you, and it's the book, The Art of Parenting. And so we encourage you to read that. And then later this year, in 2020, we're going to be offering a course that we'd love for y'all to all be a part of. It's about how to train your children up in the name of the Lord. All right, let's do the next one here. You going to tell it? Okay, tell who everybody is. My, my name is Alex. No, 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 no. <laughs> baby, tell me your, your name, baby. Okay, Mom. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Stephanie. This is Alex, Michael, Dakota, and Baby Hope, and Nathan. Yeah, awesome. Very good. Yeah, let's pass this on down to a mom or dad here. Uh, Justin and Amanda Stapleton. We've got Charles, Jackson, Maddie, Emma, and Benjamin. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So let me pause before the next one because you probably think, now wait a minute, I thought this was a baby dedication. Well, what you're seeing here are whole families who may not have taken this step yet for many of them. So some are bringing their baby to say, we dedicate this baby, but some have come to Christ 
since they've had all these children. And now they're saying, we want to bring them up in the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Nikki Ambrose. This is Matt. Um, this is Liliana, Riley, and Leon. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, uh, my name is Mac Dunbar. This is my wife, Brittany. This is Brielle. Um, I call her Squeaks. She calls her Angel. So. <laughs> All right. Squeaky Angel. Yeah. I like it. All right. Hi, my name is George, and my wife is Anna, and our baby is Fabian Dwayne Guzman. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Hey everyone, uh, my voice is also shot, so I'm sorry, but I'm, this is Hunter and Brooke Treadaway, and this is little Adeline Grace Treadaway. Yeah. She's the best. Man. Hello, my name is Sopeep Vaughn. This is Alexis, Miriam, Ezra, Noah, Elijah, and Liliana. Man. Hi, um, I'm Dawn, and this is my husband, Jacob Garcia, and this is our son, Elijah. Yes, he is bright-eyed. Look at that. Yeah. Can we have y'all scoot that way toward the middle so we can get... We've got a, some more down here. Hi, y'all. Hey, good morning. My name is Nikki Moon, and this is my husband, Cody. And we have our son, Camden, and our daughter, Avery. Good morning, everyone. We are the Guerrero family. I'm Edgar. My wife, Courtney. This is Miley. We have Mia right here. Mia Stephanie. And we have Mateo in her arms. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's beautiful. I want to read a passage to everyone that speaks of the power of this moment and what God is doing here. From Psalm 127, we read these words. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city... The watchman stays awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. That's necessary as a parent. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Look at all this reward up here today. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior... So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. I see lots of fullness up here. They shall be not ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. God has blessed you parents today. And I know that today you are making a statement by being up here this morning. You are saying that on this day, we acknowledge that our child and children are a gift from God, a heritage from his heart, and a sign that life and faith are to continue in your family. Amen? And you are accepting the responsibility today of training them up in the ways of God that they might become arrows, straight and sharp, to be used by him. This is not a moment today that secures their salvation but it's a moment that secures your commitment to lead them to a place of salvation. You are committing today to raise them in a home that honors Christ, to train them in the ways of God, that they might know him, walk with him, 
and glorify him all their days. I want to pray. And I want to stand by Adeline this morning. Because I can. Yeah. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for life today. We are grateful for new life. For the gift of these children. You have blessed these families. And it is a beautiful sign that you wish for life to continue in their name, in your name, and in the power of your name. I pray for these babies, these children, that they would come to know you at an early age, that they would walk with you, that you'd reveal yourself to them, that they would honor and glorify you. I thank you for these parents who are making this visible commitment today to train up these children to love you. I pray you'll bless their homes. You'll make your word central in their home. You'd make your presence central in their home, that they would honor and glorify you because you've promised that when we do, you'll make our path straight. So we thank you today. Thank you for blessings. Thank you for life. Thank you for the fruit. We pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Wow, what a powerful Sunday today as we experienced Joseph's faith journey and as we celebrated so many dedications of so many beautiful children. Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.